Perfect. Thank you. Dude, is that All one right. of those old school like workout trampolines in your background, Tyler? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, Dude, that's, that's like 1985 good. aerobic style. <laughs> yeah, man. You're getting on that much, Ty? <laughs> All right, Ty, you ready to blow the whistle? Why not, man? All right, let's get it started. Timeout, Tyler. Who are we taking a timeout with today? Oh, it's Kevin. Well, we're taking a full timeout with Bob Bailey, everybody. Uh, the chief everyone officer and founder at Truth Collective. Bob, thanks for being on the show today. Um, I'm down here in Texas. Kevin's holding it down up there in uh, Rochester where y'all are. And we're, I wanted to uh, start out by asking you, who do you have winning March Madness this year? St. Bonaventure. <laughs> the, the, okay St. the bodies it was that the the uh the the fighting jimmy barons is that it oh that's old school that's an old school reference no they're, we're the bonnies they're, they're the bonnies so uh they, we didn't make the tournament but i still think they're a dark horse they're in the nit at the moment so i got no local interest i got no local interest in the in the tournament this year which is a little uh a little different, but it is how about you guys? Without, without Syracuse and, and the mine went home early. I had the most embarrassing loss of the of uh, the tournament potentially. <laughs> Kentucky losing to St. Peter's. Kentucky. Well, yeah, so that was that was pretty embarrassing. But uh I self-reflected that evening and with everything else going on in the world, I couldn't be that mad about the loss. So but Tyler's team's still in Arkansas, the Razor. Yeah, back. man. We're, we we pat we're in the That's... sweet sixteen by shooting uh twenty-seven percent the other night. You know, we we, we it was a Ooh. rock fight, but uh we made it happen, <laughs> you know. It was it was good, it was good stuff, but yeah, we're still calling good. the hogs down here. Yeah, good yeah, luck. Yeah. Texas went home too, but uh so Bob, we always Tyler and I always try to like get to know the leaders on a on a more personal level, and we we always learn mm -hmm. through a lot of either where you eat, what you listen to. So I'm going to start off with what is your favorite place if you were to take Tyler and I out to dinner in here in Rochester? Where would you take us out? Um, we'd go to uh, we'd go to Good Luck, and we'd sit at the bar. And we would drink old fashions and uh, eat gigantic burgers. <laughs> awesome. With that special dipping sauce. The sauce. <laughs> yeah. We mainline the, main the sauce as well. We'd have a, yeah. We'd have a nurse mainline us. Oh. Because you can't awesome. get enough of it. And Bob, I'm, a, I'm friends with the Barron family. Did you ever have the Jim Barron uh, burger on St. Bonnie's campus? I'm not sure where it was, was from, but he, he has a famous burger down there. I, I'm not. I actually did not go to St. Bonaventure. Um, I'm actually, I, I might be one of the only one in my family who has not gone there. Um, even my son, my son goes there, but I, I did not go there. So it is, uh, it is very, I cult like I, 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 my wife went to Bonaventure and, uh, I, I, and when you hear when everybody from that went to Bonaventure, here's Bonaventure, Bonas, their, their ears perk up and that's like instantaneous it. friends. It's they a pretty special it. place. Tyler, I don't know if you're referring to the Burton burger, but maybe that's what they, uh, maybe they later renamed, but Oh God! information, so, guys. We're driving down to Olean, back to your hometown. You know, we got a we got a little ride here from from Rochester. What what song would we be listening to that uh, you know almost every word to? Oh, 
I think we'd be pumping, uh, depends on the mood, but we'd probably be pumping like Dreams by Van Halen or Master of Puppets by Metallica, something like that. Something really, you know, get the, get the pulse racing, get the heart, you know, pounding kind of a thing. It's a boring drive, like you need help. It's a, it's a tough drive, but yeah. I, w- I would the do something like that. Scenery doesn't change too much. <laughs> doesn't. Little master puppets, love it, Bobble. What the heck gets you out of bed nowadays, Bob? It looks like you've you know done everything from account executive all the way to being a CEO and a founder of a company. So mm-hmm. what? What to this day? What what gets Bob Bailey's juices going to crank master puppets? Just Tyler. It's like um, it's trying to get better, you know, and. Um, and it, but, but keeping that in perspective, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing, uh, I do a lot of work to try to, you know, keep a, keep a good perspective on what's been going on and what's happening so far. But I always just feel this need to, I always feel like there's another, there's another level, there's another level, there's another level. And, you know, it's, it's tough to, it's tough to crack those. And I just like to give myself time to do it. I get up super early. Um, I like a couple hours of real quiet time before I start the day. So I get up around uh, four Ooh. generally. Today I was up at three three forty five. Oh my gosh! What time are you going? To, what time are you hitting the sheets? Seven, six o'clock? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Like um, pretty early, like you know, ten, ten thirty, something like that. Yeah. That's no a good amount, though. Fishing with your time, Bob. That's amazing, and and it's I love that what you're always you're searching for another level, right? It's never yeah. enough. You're you're always learning, and you're always you're always trying new things. It sounds like, and and what better way to do that today in today's environment? You know, where we're talking about failing fast. How mm-hmm. did you, uh, knowing that you're a PR, right, and you're uh, the work that you guys are currently doing over there, you know communications well. How did you guys yeah. fare during the pandemic when when things started to to really change? Yeah, so I'm finally back on solid food after <laughs> after that year. Um, no, it was it was it was a real mixed bag for us, and um, I think. You know, I think within a couple of days, like we left, we left the office on the 13th, Friday the 13th. And then, you know, like that weekend, it just kind of hit me. Like I knew something was, was happening and it wasn't, wasn't just going to be a couple of weeks. And like Tuesday, we had a leadership team meeting and really kicked everything into gear. Um, We, you know, we normally have like 90 day plans together as a business um, we do four 90-day plans instead of one annual plan. Um, but this time we did a 30-day plan. And then we did another 30-day plan. And then we did another 30-day plan. And um, I would say that we, um, our, our whole objective that year was about people preservation and about team preservation. So it was not about, you know, hitting growth targets and, and profit margin targets and things like that. And so from that standpoint, we did really well. Um, you know, we were able to maintain the vast majority of the team, which was terrific. Um, we held on to all of our clients. And from a business standpoint, we were, we wound up being like up, I think like 8%. We had a lot of people slam on the brakes and stop altogether. We had another couple really double down. And so it sort of worked itself out 
um, in, in the balance. And we actually spent a lot of our time um, sort of giving uh, free ideas and free advice to lots and lots of people, our clients included. And we just tried to help as many people as we could. And we wound up, you know, a touch ahead of where we were and um, it kept the team together. And that was, you know, that was super rewarding. I remember, I remember feeling that, you know, sort of midway, like in, in June of that year, you know, if, if we're able to get through the year and like not do any of the, like the furlough stuff that was super prevalent. Like if we were, if we could just get through that stuff, you know, get through the year without doing that stuff, it was going to be a massive win. And so we did, and I considered that a win, but um, things started coming back a little bit last year. We had sort of a later rebound than a lot of agencies did because a couple of our clients were going through pretty big reorgs um, last year. And so that sort of set us back a little bit more, but um, things really started kicking in back to normal, probably around Q3 of last year. But all things considered, I'm, I'm happy with where we are. And the people that, you know, the people that left or, you know, we've, you know, we've been able to sort of upgrade positions and our, I think our talent right now is the highest that it's ever been. So we're the best version of us so far. Awesome, Bob. Well, thanks for sharing that. And I was going to ask you, do you, do you see um, any benefits to having, I'm all about like a, th a 30 day plan. Heck, I'm about a 24 hour plan. If you ask me, <laughs> do, do you, uh, do you, yeah. did you see any benefits uh, going from a 90 day plan to a 30 day plan? Like, like can you kind of expand on that? Sure. I mean, the more, <clears throat> generally speaking, I've learned the more granular you can make your goals, the better. Like even when you sit down and do your, your, like I do a daily plan and I, I literally like, I write it down here. Like this is, it's, it's daily and it's like painfully detailed. Um, that's what that discipline did for us. Um, and so it got us very detailed in terms of like, I'm calling these three people today. You're calling these four people today and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And then every, you know, what, what really helped it too, every Friday we had an all agency meeting um, called what's on your mind. And it was optional, but um, it was there and we were giving updates on the week. You know, here's what we set out to do. Here's what we did. Here's what happened. And then just gave sort of a, a free form for everybody to ask questions, talk about stuff. And those things like the granular details and the accountability at the end of the week was really important. Dude, awesome. You had to show up for those people, you know, because yeah. they were going to, they had questions. <laughs> I bet, I bet. And they had, probably had some things on their mind as well. Like, a lot like, of stuff on their mind. Like you titled it there. Uh, can you kind of dive in real quick about Truth Collective? I haven't been up in Rochester in a minute. Um, mm -hmm. Can you just kind of dive into a, a 30,000 view of what y'all do over there? Sure, absolutely. Um, we are a, um, we're a strategic brand and communications firm. Um, there's about 34 of us here, and um, we consider ourselves to be one honestly creative company. That's what we, that's what we sort of rally around, and that's what we promise our clients. And we don't do everything, you know, we, we, we don't do all things. We don't try to be this, you know, one-stop shop for everything. Um, we do three things really well that we love to do and that brings us joy. Um, we do brand positioning and identity work as sort of a specialty area. We do brand storytelling. So 
um, figuring out how to really express your brand in, in engaging emotional ways that's going to drive your business. And we also offer um, something we call grow on purpose business strategies, where we can help a company with their corporate strategy work and then actually create a business plan to support that corporate strategy. So well beyond marketing, more about sort of that the heart of business. We love helping our clients grow their business. Dude, that's awesome. It's, that sounds fun, Bob. You know, it can especially, be, especially, <laughs> uh, I bet. Yeah. Well, you know, you're telling, telling someone else's story for him, you know, coming from that yeah. outside perspective that they might not see would be, you know, very beneficial in my mind. And I've always, I love being creative. You know, I love it when I'll never forget when the, uh, I worked at bright computers up there and the Smith family uh -huh. just told me, Hey, Tyler, oh, great. oh, they said, dude, we need to pump Tyler White out as much as we can. And I was like, are you sure? <laughs> it was just, it was just, it was awesome, yeah. man. Um, and, and, and so what, who, who are some of your, like, I'd, I'd say role models or who do you bounce ideas off up there? Are, are there any other leaders that you kind of get with you and know, just say, Hey, this is what I'm, I'm stinking at right now. Or, 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 you know, this is what I'm like selling at. Are there any, any yeah. names you can throw out that you Interesting. collaborate with? So um, I, I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm blessed and fortunate. I have two great partners um, and so I always start with, with my partners, uh, Jeremy Schwartz and John Roberts. And um, we've worked together for, I don't know, probably close to 20 years at this point. And we are, you know, absolutely, certainly business partners, but we're more, you know, business family. And we really like, we're, we're really complementary to one another. And so um, we've gotten to a point in our relationship that we can really just be incredibly honest and, and incredibly helpful uh, to one another. So I always, I always start with those guys first. Um, and, you know, I've got, um, I have a coach, actually. Um, I have a performance coach that I've been working with for a couple of years. And, um, you know, I, I reach out to her on a regular basis and uh, bounce stuff off her. And um, her name's Carrie Ledoux. Um, okay. She's fantastic. And, um, you know, I have a few folks who um, actually uh, people that I used to work for along my way um, and, and uh, I stay in touch with them and, and, and get their take whenever I need it. Right. Oh, Bob. Well, man, that's awesome. I think we've heard Carrie's name pass throughout. I think this is one of like our 55th episode of, of CEOs <laughs> in Rochester. So everything's kind of intertwining by this point. Maybe. Uh, maybe yeah, absolutely um, hey, Bob, i just wanted to ask you real quick since the, the trust and truth is in right in the name of the business itself yeah. mm -hmm. how do you build that with internally right with your own people um you said you got better during the pandemic or after the pandemic here so yeah. you got even more higher higher caliber of talent it, a lot of it re relied on trust and i know you mentioned you didn't furlough you didn't get rid of people so i i, I know you weren't rebuilding that but how do you, how have you established that accountability and that trust internally? It's a it's a great question, and it starts it starts with um, I think being a real person, and it starts with being um, you know people talk about throw you know vulnerability around quite a bit, and um, for me I think it's about like I think it's being really clear with people about you know, what the vision is for the company and what the role is of everybody and every team in, in delivering that vision. Um, I, think, I think great people, I think they need very little. I think they need to know where you're going, um, to see their roles in it, and then to see some progress along the way. And then coaching them to fill in those gaps is really where it's at. 
So I think I think clarity in those ways is is important. Um, and I think I think the ability to um, when I make a mistake, I say it. If I screw something up, I tell people. Um, if I say something I shouldn't have said, I apologize. I'm fast to apologize if I made a mistake. Um, I don't know. I think it's, and I think it's just being present. You know, I've, I have a new employee who's been with us for about 45 days. And she was saying, you know, she's like, you know, it's really, um, it's really interesting. Like a lot of CEOs don't, they don't talk to people. Like they don't, <laughs> you know, which is, I don't understand how you, how you do the job if you're not doing that stuff. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I just, I, I, I think, I think those things matter. There's actually a really good book on trust and, it, it, and it's pretty well researched that trust is, um, it's a pretty basic formula. Trust is a combination of credibility, reliability, and intimacy. Like, you know, somebody, you know, when you know somebody really well. So those three things coming together, but then um, it's really delicate because it's divided by self-interest. And so if you think about like a math equation, I was never a math star. But if you think about like a simple equation of credibility plus reliability plus intimacy divided by self-interest, the second that that relationship becomes about you, you've divided all of that really good work and you've minimized and diminished all of that good work. And so um, I'm really mindful of that in the way that I lead my teams here. Uh, I'm really mindful of that in our client relationships. It's all the same, right? And so our teams talk about it. Um, so I think, I think those things, they all matter. A lot matters, but it all comes down to trust. <laughs> Love it, Bob. I, I always th think back on my experience and, you know, people ask me just kind of leadership questions every now and then. And, and my answer is kind of what you said, you know, well, I do a lot of things that I don't really want to do for myself and it somehow works out for me and, and you know, and everyone in the long run. And it just makes no <laughs> sense why you're doing it. You know, it's like, you know, you, you put some of these actions forward and this is just my experience, but I just love hearing yeah. you know, CEOs at y'all's level, you know, reiterate that I'm not a crazy man out here, you know? Um, so, that, you know, it's, it's funny to me how, how life actually works. You know, the, the more you, you don't think about yourself, the more things fall into place, it seems like. I think it matters, you know, and that's where this sort of idea about the reframing the whole role of CEO was, you know, to, you know, I had this idea for like this, well, no, the org chart's wrong. The org chart is upside down. So if you flip the, or, the old org chart that we all learned about in business school with the CEO on the top, <laughs> if you turn it on its head, the CEO works for everybody else. And that's how I view my job is like the chief everyone officer, I report to everybody. And, you know, I'm, I work in service to those teams who, you know, as long as you're, as long as our teams are focused on, you know, the vision and they're, you know, and they're, they have the values of Truth Collective, like everything's going to be fine. And so I really view myself as, as, uh, as reporting to them. And you're right. It tends to work itself out, you know? <laughs> if I get much, out of my own way, better. Bob. <laughs> yeah. And Bob, I, I'm struggling over here this morning, so I apologize, but uh, I'm I sorry. I'm feeling bad. Um, how, how much, how much better does that make your relationships though? Like in the communication, right? Does being able to put yourself, I guess, in that frontline employees shoes, you know, and really understand mm -hmm. what they're getting from a customer base, but also from their family life, you know, 
how important has that been as you kind of design what you want to do for the organization moving forward? It's super important, Kevin. And, you know, frankly, a lot of this is, you know, these are things that I've, these are insights that I've come across probably like, I mean, later in my career, like even more recently, like in the past, you know, two, three years or so. I've always believed like as a leader that you, you work in service to your team, but really until a couple of years ago, I really didn't have the, um, I don't think I had the, the enough self-awareness and perspective to really understand fully what that meant, but more importantly, to fully like lean into that and make it real. And, um, you know, I had to like get through a bunch of my own stuff and in order to be able to, um, totally completely let my guard down and you know what I realized is like with this perspective like I want everybody to feel um, I want everybody to have sort of a, a refreshed take on on work and to be able to balance their lives and you know like a, a lot of people you know I'm gonna be 52 years old like a lot of us like we did really unreasonable shit in our career like super unreasonable stuff and it was all in the name of, you know, service. And it was all in the name of this badge of being a grinder, really hard worker in order to, to scale the organization and stuff. And I think that, um, I think there's a better way. And I don't wanna create a meat grinder environment, you know, for, for our people, like, you know, like a lot of us, you know, grew up in. So I just, I just respect people's lives. And, you know, there's, there's definitely some things that, you know, if I could do again, I would do them again, you know, personally. And, you know, I feel like as I gain this knowledge and these insights, like, I wish I would have felt this way. Like what would have happened if I would have known this when I was 30, you know, like what, what would, what would be different? And so now I just, I really have this obligation for all of our staff to, to try to help them figure this stuff out early on in their career. I don't know if that answered your question. That is refreshing to hear, Bob. It answered it for me, man. Um, you know, I, I know all about the grind work and like, you know, growing up in the nineties and yeah. my dad was a, like a high school football coach in Texas and, and I, I wouldn't feel anything oh, yeah. unless I felt the grind, you know? And now yeah. I, I do, I, it's almost, I don't know how to say I do less, but golly, you don't have to grind, right? It, it, it's almost a made up thing to just, to beat your chest on or to be say, oh, I stayed up till four last night. Who cares? You know, live a little bit or a lot, live a lot. Um, but I, I love yeah. what you're saying, Bob. You're, you're really just the, the flipping the pyramid. Um, I just wanted to rewind real quick back to, um, uh -huh. when, I think we were first talking, you were saying, you know, get, getting better, getting better, you know, just a little yeah. bit. Because I believe when we first start something or a passion project, we, 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 we go leaps and bounds getting better. It's just, you, you see a huge growth at first. And then all of a sudden, mm -hmm. it's, you see this really dissected amount of growth each day. And Kevin and I were on the phone call with one of John Wooden's players a while back. And he was mentioning that, you know, Larry Bird would talk about, yeah, sure, I got, you know, great, great by segments and segments and leaps and bounds and yards. And then it got down to millimeters. How do you keep that up? You know, I, I don't know if you answered it earlier, but I, I wrote it down mm -hmm. over here. How, where's the motivation to get better by a centimeter a day, if, if you will. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question because um, I've been, I've been really, my coach has really 
pounded this into me, but you know, everybody thinks business is like this nice, easy, straight 45 degree angle curve. You know what I mean? And life progresses that way, but it doesn't. I mean, there's knots in it. There's, there's all this stuff that gets in the way. And what, what I found Tyler is that um, I can work at something and even not really like experience like sort of immediate breakthroughs on things. But what happens to me over time is like every few months, I'll sort of, I'll, I'll reach a new level on something and I'll just like, things will just sort of come together. And I'll be like, oh, I got it now. That makes sense. Because like you, you sort of layer in all these little things and you practice them and sometimes you're good and sometimes you suck at it. But like eventually you're gonna, you're gonna break through that thing. And um, I kind of live for that feeling of the breakthrough, like that insight. Sometimes it hits you like, like a bolt of light and it's like, oh, I totally understand this now. And it seems crazy, but um, yeah, it's for me, it's, it's about patience, you know? Okay. It's about patience. Awesome, Bob. Trying to be patient. That's, that's a tough one, right? And then, and, and. And battling that unknown, you know, but when that unknown reveals itself, it's like, boom, you know, this is why I'm doing this. This is why, you know, I, I keep doing the next right thing or keep waking up every morning, you know, sharpening my axe and not just settling, you know, I, and you talk, I think, yeah, I think it's been like, um, it's actually been getting comfortable with the unknown okay. and actually like liking the unknown, <laughs> which is interesting because I've always been a planner. I've always liked to control as much shit as I thought I could control. <laughs> But you really, in the, in the real world, like you don't really control all that much. You know, you control what you say, what you do and how you act, but that's really about it. And so I've gotten, I've gotten so that I actually like enjoy the anticipation of the unknown stuff. Cause I feel like it'll be fine. That's awesome. And it usually is, right? I mean, it usually we is. Have, we still have the, the dipping sauce and good luck for our burgers, you know, by God. And I, that's I, don't think, I don't think it's going to get that bad. Um, comfortable with being known. That, that's, that's awesome, Bob. That's good to hear uh, from a, a gentleman like you. And you mentioned before we got on the call about messing up, right? Like we, we all learn yeah. from messing up. Um, can you just share with us uh, one, one of your experiences where you grew from, from a, a possible mistake you made? I mean, you don't, sure. you don't have to share it, but fire no, away I'm, if you could. I will. I will. And there was... Um, it was a few years ago, maybe, I don't know, three, four years ago. And like I told you, I was, I'm a work in progress here, but um, there was somebody, um, we have a, our office is wide open. So there's, you know, just wide open, you know, sort of long desks and, and things like that. And so, you know, when people are talking, like, you know, what's going on. Um, one of my, one of my folks came to me and said, um, she brought me, there was a, there was a mistake I don't remember exactly what it was, but there was a mistake and, um, you know, the client was upset about it and um, I didn't, she was standing there, we were out in the open. I didn't even look her in the eye and I, I let her finish and I said, well, that was really stupid. And everybody heard it. And, you know, it, it was one of those things where it's like, that was actually like a defining kind of moment for me where it's like, you know what, that is, you know, it might not have been the smartest thing, but you know what, nobody intended for that to happen. And, you know, I, I let the stress of that get to me and I let some judgment 
take over the driver's seat for a half a second. And um, like that happened. And that happens in offices all over the place every single day. Um, but it really, I, I actually think about it quite a lot. And um, it was one of those things that um, it was, it probably set me off on this journey to like find a new level of like, I'd shown like, you know, I'd shown a level of proficiency with marketing strategy and branding and the stuff that we do. But in terms of like the real leadership and, and the coaching aspect and, and everything else, like that was my next level that I had to really like break through and, and start to get my arms around. So that's a, that's a mess up. I wish I could, I wish I could get that one back. All right. Well, thanks for sharing, Bob. And it's just awesome that you grew from it, you know, and then you started a new Bob Bailey, it sounds like, you know, to get to another level. Um, so I think you, yeah. you're, you're helping more than you know. Um, well, I wanted to kind of pick your brain. You were in a, like an account manager back in the day, it looks like, from like 93 to 99. Mm -hmm. And for all the account managers and account execs out there, could you just kind of chime in and give a little advice on, I don't know if it's, it's a relationship building. It took me a long time to understand that about business, but what would you, yep. you know, your top two or three takeaways from, from being that account manager, you know, today and just how could you Boy. help sales dudes out, you know, because real quick, Bob, I didn't understand this relationship thing until I met the Smiths in a way up there. Yep. And then I met yep. Kevin and I remember meeting Kevin. I was like, who is this guy who knows everybody? And I was reaching out to a law firm for Bright and uh, Kevin was like, put my name in the email. And I was like, dude, I've emailed this guy 98 times. Put Kevin's name with a Y in the email. The guy got on my calendar and booked a meeting. I'll never forget that. You know, then no I would hear Justin Smith's uh, and Trevor Smith's just, just 25 years of building relationships from Pittsburgh to the, just, you name it, you know, they're yep. in it, you know, and, yep. and they're not yep. doing it. Like Great said, family. For them. Oh, amazing to John Smith. But just being like a young account manager out there, what, what, what advice would you give him, you know, sure. starting off? Yeah. So I think, um, I think it's simple, but not easy. Um, I would say focus on, as we, as we talked about, um, be credible, like know what you're talking about and offer advice. Don't just, don't just take orders. Don't be in the service business, be in the help business, be in the advice business, whatever your craft is, be credible in it, be reliable, do what you say you're gonna do when you say you're gonna do it, be interested in that person. You know, there's a, a saying I tell everybody, if you want to be interesting, be interested. And so be interested in what Tyler's got going on and what's going to make his job better and do it with no agenda. And so that's that sort of that trust foundation. But I think more than anything, it's like, be okay. Be okay giving bad news. Tell the truth. There is like so many companies, so many, you know, where, where it's frowned upon, where they, they believe that it's exposing weakness of the company and all that stuff. And, you know, it's, it's just not true. And so um, all that does is place way too much burden on you, the account manager. And so I think at the end of the day, be your own person and don't be afraid to, um, don't be afraid to tell the truth. Absolutely. And, and that's awesome, Bob. And I could not agree more. I, I almost think it's almost comical sometimes when you bring that bad news quickly, you know, it kind of throws people off. They're like, what, what are you telling me this right now? I'm like, this is what's happening, sir. You know, um, <laughs> it's, uh, but if you do it in real time, rather than wait a couple of days and then they oh, set it's worse and worse and, like, and worse and worse. <laughs> All, you know, yeah, you, no one likes a surprise. 
no one likes a stale surprise. You know, everybody really hates that. Oh my goodness. Well, what's one thing that uh, the folks over there at True Collective, they don't know about you? What's one thing they don't know about Bob Bailey? That's a good question. I saw, first of all, your list of questions is massive. Like, oh, I don't know. Like, we don't even go guys... through that anymore, Bob. We just, we, we just <laughs> let it, we let it rip, man. I don't, I don't have anything in front of me besides a cup of coffee, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I talk about it a little bit. I wasn't a great student in school. I got a lot of, uh, um, my, my geometry teacher called my mom in for a conference one time to tell him, tell my mom how much of an idiot I am. Um, special conference for that. Um, I got more progress reports sent home than, you know, than, than decent grades. So I don't know. I, I wasn't a great, I wasn't a great student. Um, gosh, I don't know. I'm not that interesting. I wish I had something better for you. I haven't done time. I haven't done anything like that. Well, can you kind of dive into what this uh, punk, is it Punkzels is? What, oh, yeah. Can you kind of let us know about that? Yeah, Punxels is um, Punxels is a new company that we launched. We created it last year, and uh, we actually went live uh, with our uh, direct-to-consumer website actually just a couple weeks ago. And um, it's actually part of something we created called Truth Ventures. Um, entrepreneurialism is a really big deal for us, and Truth Ventures is kind of an incubator process that we've created here, and it's for um, ideas that our staff have for products or businesses. And so um, we want to help people achieve their dreams. And sometimes that's business ownership. So we created this, this sort of truth ventures thing um, to do that. Now, Punxels was actually an idea that my partner, Jeremy Schwartz, had. Um, during the pandemic, a lot of people started doing puzzles, you know, when you were just staying home and stuff. And all the puzzles were lame. And so um, we're all music fans. And he, he's like, guys, like, I, what if we started a company around this punk rock puzzle, you know, and these images that, you know, no one's ever seen before, like these really one of a kind images. And so we explored it, we did some research on it, we tested the concepts, and there's an opportunity for it. And so we've been working on uh, licensing deals with Johnny Rotten and HR from Bad Brains and finding manufacturers. And now we've got this business around um, puzzles and, and puncels. And for us, it's about like, it's a bit of a creative outlet, um, but it's also, um, I think it'll help us be better marketers for our clients. Like if we really know what their world is like, then I think it's gonna make us better strategists, better marketers. And um, part of, I think our future is, you know, at Truth Collective, we're gonna be a collective of companies um, that, you know, that do a variety of different things. So. Um, we've got we've got plans to sort of expand uh, genres and things like that, but um, definitely check it out. Um, it's not a typical puzzle. Um, it's got we curate the play we curate a Spotify playlist with the um, with the artist, and so you know Johnny Rotten recommended the songs to listen to while you build the Johnny Rotten puzzle. There's liner notes in there like the old school albums, and um, uh, 3% of our sales go to Music Cares. Uh, Music Cares is an organization that supports uh, artists. You know, there's not a lot of, uh, not a lot of support for, uh, for rock stars out there once they've, uh, once they're done touring and stuff. So we're trying to, trying to do some good things for the business and, and for them too. That is amazing. And did I hear it correctly? That's that awesome. You have something in place 
for your if your staff has an idea that you kind of you, you you look into it and see if you can help and back it a little bit yeah so um Punxles is the first uh the first thing off the ground we're exploring another product right now um from a from one of our employees but the yeah i mean the idea is like a lot of people you know sometimes they want to own their own business and so i want to help them do that you know and um we you know we're actually working out a process now like um you know, a, a sort of a five-step thing. And, you know, if, if there's an opportunity for like joint ownership, cool, let's look into that. If they just want our advice, we'll just give them our free advice. And, you know, I just, you know, we want people to be successful and be happy in whatever their pursuits are. Well, that's special right there, Bob. I've not heard of that in my life. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> we're excited about it. <laughs> Kevin, are you back? <laughs> Kevin's having a, a tough go today. Barely, barely, but uh, clinging to life over here. But uh, it sounds like a great conversation, Bob, and uh, I'm so sad that I missed most of it. But um, what you just said there is just so important. It's just caring about somebody else's other success. Uh, and I can, I can yeah. just tell from everything that you do and everything that uh, your team does that that's really your intention behind everything. Um, and I think that we can see – obviously from the success that you've had, but the team you've been able to build around you. Um, and it's, it has to be set for that innovation that you're tapping into in your own employees and scratching that yeah. entrepreneurial itch. Um, as you set the future direction of the company, you mentioned how important it is for everybody to understand, well, where are we headed? Yep. And there's a lot of things that, a lot of change coming, right? The world of work is changing. Where for are sure. you guys headed um, as far as, as far as the future of truth collecting? It's a good question. Um, we are, um, we have three priorities uh, for truth right now. Um, and it is uh, first, uh, they're in order of priority. First is uh, employee well-being, And um, we are in the process right now. I just added a new, um, a new role. Um, it's called the director of people and purpose. And um, it's not your typical HR role. Um, this, uh, my, our person, um, she's actually my accomplice in really trying to reinvent how agencies work. And um, we're gonna create, we're, we're already underway with um, a proprietary truth collective work experience that really uh, embodies the whole person. So not just give me 55 hours this week. Um, you know, it's, it's really intended to understand who Tyler is versus who Kevin is and figure out, you know, the, the optimal ways for, for you to work at truth. Um, we are working toward, believe it or not, a 35 hour work week. Um, our industry is a grinder. It is a meat grinder and it is really damaging to people. And so um, research shows that your optimal level of productivity is 35 good hours a week. And so we're doing things right now to help our staff understand that, understand their mindset. And we're actually creating schedules to help people do that. And um, I'd rather have 35 great hours and 55 shitty ones and crispy <laughs> ones, right? And so that's what everybody else is going for. They're going for volume, I'm going for quality. And so those, I think that is sort of like, those are my, my sort of two centerpiece um, my centerpiece initiatives right now as it relates to our people and, and you know, how we're adapting to the new world of work. Um, we're only in the office a couple of days a week. 
Um, I'm really trying to figure out, you know, the, the best way to do that. Um, in particular, like with a lot of our folks that we're recruiting now, most of them don't live in, in the area and most of them won't live in the area. And so um, not because our area is not nice, but just because you don't have to anymore, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, trying to figure out that and sort of reinvent the nature of our physical space here away from like individual work areas, but, you know, we're reinventing it for uh, community and collaboration. You know, those points in time where we, we want to come together, we need to come together for maximum impact and creative energy. Um, that's what I'm, I'm trying to solve for now. But um, it's interesting, man. There's no shortage of stuff to figure out. <laughs> Dude, that is awesome, Bob. And I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I wanted to ask you, what's the talent like when you get to expand it to the United States of America rather than, you know, the 585 up there? Have you seen an increase in, in creativity and, and what you're bringing in? And, and no offense to, like you said, no. the, the area, but I mean, why not do that? Um, there's, there's, there's terrific talent um, in upstate Western New York, for sure. Um, but what we find now is like, uh, we're, we're looking for a director of brand strategy now. And we have 140 applicants for that position. We've never had 140 applicants for any position, let alone something that specific. <laughs> and, you know, they're from all over the place and they're doing amazing work and they could literally work anywhere, but they're super interested in the cultural aspects of truth. And these things that we're talking about, they're very different from what other agencies do. And so it's got appeal, um, it's different, but um, yeah, we're enjoying, um, we're enjoying meeting people from all over the place and um, not really caring where you live. Dude, that is awesome, Bob. From, from a 35 hour work week to 140 applications for that such a niche you know, yeah. opening, that, that's huge. And I'm in the recruiting world and I, I know exactly what you mean. You know, I work with some clients and they won't open it up. And I'm like, well, and then they want people on site for five days a week. And I'm like, well, all right, you're going to be probably waiting. That is dead, you. man. That is dead. <laughs> that is dead. dead. Like, I don't know what's more dead than dead, but it's that, like whatever that is. Like people aren't afraid anymore. They're just done with like old <laughs> ideas of work. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man, Bob, well, it's been great having you on. Uh, like uh, Kevin had some yeah, technical troubles you. today. Who cares? It's all good. You know, and not everything's perfect.